Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, welcome back to Records of the Republic. This is the first official recording of 2024. How exciting is that? We made it through the new year. We didn't have any crazy end of the year crap happen, you know, world falling to pieces. I mean, it's it's still kind of falling to pieces, but not quite as bad as Alderaan. So we're doing all right. We're hanging in there. Uh, my name is Wade. I'm one third, one fourth, one fifth. I'm part of Records of the Republic. And join with me tonight, as always, as per the usual, is my friend Kevin and my friend Alex. Guys, how are you? I'm I'm having a great 2024. How has yours been so far? Pretty good. Um, I'd like to apologize to all citizens of Alderaan um, <laughs> for that insensitive joke <laughs> that just came from a partner here. But things are good. Yeah, we we call we call ourselves Records of the Empire, but that was a real real pro Empire take yeah. from. Wade yeah, right we're there. just joking around about it. Wade, like that was that was a little bit too <laughs> too soon, man. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, just get on. Nineteen seventy seven. How how has your twenty twenty four been, Kevin? <laughs> it's been fine. You know, we're only four days in at this point. Um, busy. It's we're in our real busy season at work. Um, that's really it. I mean, I haven't been doing that much. We we stayed. Well, we went out for, for New Year's, and then on New Year's Day, we stayed in and relaxed, and it was really nice. I actually spent the day building the um, the Vader helmet Lego set. Oh, that's right. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a gift from a, a co-worker. Um, really difficult to build, and to be honest with you, in terms of sets that I've... It's probably the most frustrating one I've ever built. I was about to say, was it fun though? It it ended up being like the last half of it, I would say was really fun, but it was just like, you're going, any of the helmet ones, you have a a pedestal, right? And you're going from really skinny to like a a helmet. So it, when I was getting that bottom half set up, it just fell apart a bunch. And um, it was difficult because you build it in, in chunks, like any set and you put the small chunk on the big chunk. And um, I felt like when I did that, it would break. Kevin, so, with the, with the mm-hmm. technical terminology here. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, the end result is great. I think of the helmets, it looks the coolest. Uh, but it definitely, I definitely had some rage moments. Yeah, which um, which other helmets do you guys have? Because I know, I think you guys mentioned the Captain Rex one. or That's the one that I the Captain Rex one. I have, so Wade sent me a while back the Stormtrooper one, so I didn't build that one, um, but my daughter has uh, Din Djarin's helmet, and we put that one together, and that one was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I have currently the um, Luke Skywalker uh, Rebel pilot helmet, his X-Wing uh, pilot helmet, um, and then I have got Commander Cody's Phase 1 helmet, 
and then Rex's phase two helmet at home. And they were all fun to build. I, I had, at one point, I had the original, the Stormtrooper helmet that I ended up giving to Kevin. Um, I had a TIE pilot helmet. That one was a fun one to build. Um, and then I also had Boba Fett's helmet at one point. And that's one I kind of shoot myself still for getting rid of. Wish I had kept it, but I I, I ditched it for, for uh, some other stuff I wanted to get. <laughs> Probably not the right episode to mention that on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I realize. That. <laughs> but I now have a Boba Fett helmet helmet that I can put on instead of the Lego helmet. So I kind of got an upgrade down the road. Um, yeah, that's true. So I'm not like horribly upset that I got rid of the Lego helmet. The Lego helmet would definitely took up less space and was easier to display. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I can't wear that one to bed. So that's true. I came out a winner. <laughs> you cannot, was, you know, your poor wife. <laughs> it's okay. She doesn't listen to any of this anyway. It doesn't matter. She, that's not Wait, the point. Are you, wearing, are you, are you going to bed with the Captain America shield and the, the Trapper Wolf helmet? <laughs> it's, it's about 50, 50 between Trapper Wolf and Boba, but yes. You know what? I take it back. Wait, that is a very, very good thing to do because if somebody walks into your house, trying to rob you or something they're just going to turn around and run if they yeah. see that heck yeah if they see me running around right. in my boxers and a helmet and like a giant <laughs> shield and a lightsaber like people are going to run it's, it's not going to be from fear though it's just from shock yeah and that's okay i just need them out of the house kevin yeah at the end of the day it's no different than what you're wearing yeah, right exactly. now what do you do if they what do you do if they come back wearing their own set of you know helmets and you know replica weapons oh <laughs> That's when I challenge them. What if they're Mandalorians? I challenge them to a duel, <laughs> and the winner gets to keep the the house. All right, this is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> Alex, how are you? How's your twenty twenty four been? Um, it's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> it's your birthday tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. This podcast is off the rails. Happy birthday, my yeah. man. That's uh that's my 2024 surprise. So yeah, so far so great, I would say. Um, yep, tomorrow's my 33rd birthday. So shout Ooh. out to uh, shout out to me, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's all good. Um, I guess there's not much to say. Only four days in. Treat yourself to the uh, the Mando physical release. Yeah, I saw those. <laughs> Only fifty dollars per. Yeah, season. I saw those the other day in Walmart, and I went, "Holy cow, that is not worth the price point." In my opinion, no. it, it yeah, it was, it was something like if I've got to come down to like what I want to get at Walmart for to add to my Star Wars collection, it, I can get either something that I've seen and can continually see at least for now, or I can get something I don't have or haven't read or haven't seen yet, you know, and when I, when I come, when it comes down to it, I just can't justify spending 50 bucks on that. Not, not to say it's not bad. Like if you don't have Disney plus you've wanted to watch the Mandalorian, you don't want to pay for Disney plus each month. This isn't a bad way to go necessarily. But yes, it is. No, no. I think people, like, pe I will share my login with anybody who needs it. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, if you've got the money and you just don't want to spend it on Disney Plus, 
you know, I get it. I get saying, hey, I'm going to buy these collector sets instead. I could see that at that point. Well, you know what it was? Hey, Kevin really hit this, um, you know, well when we last spoke about it, but it's the special features and like the lack thereof. I covered how between both sets, so like season one and two, you can buy both of them and you'll have less than 30 minutes of behind the scenes special features. It's 27 minutes. It's 16 minutes for one, 11 minutes for the other. And none of it is exclusive to these releases. Like that's all stuff that is either on Disney plus or on YouTube right. via like a Lucasfilm or a Disney account. Um, so that's like, for me being like a, a special features, physical media guy, um, that's where you guys kind of turned me to not purchasing it. Cause that's too much money. Um, yeah for too little new or new and exclusive content that stuff's going to end up on youtube anyways too absolutely yeah yeah eventually yeah even if it was exclusive to it it would have wound wound up somewhere people find a way um yeah um but yeah i'm curious you know the thing is i do i actually i'm a nerd about physical media so much so that every so often i i get a newsletter and it has like the percentage of sales between dvds blu-ray and 4k and the 4k share i think is a lot smaller than most people would imagine i'm curious how well um this mando set has been selling because it'll have been out for a month um by the end of next week because it was a december 12th release um but hey who knows because i mean did you guys were kind of i'm gonna skipping to news but um actually i'll hold it i got news i got mando streaming news so i'll make a note of it for later my my fear with the with this is that they're gonna not sell and then end up not releasing stuff in the future instead of seeing it as an like understanding why people might not be getting it and improving it for the future because how hard could it be to toss in an hour of special features like you've already got the content right you just need to to produce it and edit it um, so I hope that they, un- if, if it ends up being a flop, I hope that they really try to understand why and adjust. Um, it's, it's interesting because I, I do recall, uh, Bob Iger explicitly said when asked if he would license out any, um, of like the star Wars or Marvel specific, like Disney plus content to a Netflix or another streamer that he wouldn't, and he, he says something to the effect of like, that's essentially Disney's nuclear arsenal. And now I've realized like releasing it on physical media is like the way to still make more money off of it than what they've done without just like giving it to Netflix and helping them grow. Um, so that, but still, it wouldn't bode well if they don't sell a lot of it. So that's interesting. That might be a topic for us to uh, to follow up on. I mean, there are collectors out there that they buy DVDs, like they 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 still do. So there will be a group of people that will buy it. They're just, I think they're probably not. Maybe it's not even their target. Maybe they know that people like us aren't going to buy it, right? And they don't care because that's not. They're going for the the collectors that just may not even be super Star Wars fans. They just want to have that in their collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys are having a good 2024 so far. Mine has been very up in the air. Um, I just hit my two-year mark with Terminix on the third, which was pretty cool. 
There you go. Congrats. Um, I I have a new baby, which is awesome. Um, she's doing well. Um, also found out I got passed up for a management position without any consultation or opportunity to apply. Oh. So that was really cool. Walking That's in. That's terrible. The first day of the new year, I walk in to the office and I see one of our sales guys sitting at the desk where my old manager was. And I jokingly said, oh, are you checking us in this morning? You know, going over our paperwork, seeing if we have any questions, that kind of thing. And he goes, Haha, yeah. And I was like, ah, all right, cool. Yeah, just whatever. So I go to print off my paperwork and the regional manager walks in and sits down with him. And so I walk into his office and the regional goes, Hey, this is your new manager. Lucas is now at, you know, whatever office he's been transferred. And I'm like, Oh, when did this happen? And they're like, over the weekend. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Um, was there ever going to be any like opportunity for the rest of us or any of us who have been through the management training program and have been certified specifically for this to try and get into this position? Was there ever going to be any opportunity for us to, you know, apply for it? And, uh, you know, I got all diplomatic answers. Oh, well, we felt he was the best qualified out of all the applicants, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, he probably was since he was the only applicant allowed to apply. So anyway, that, that, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. I started out my week, um, but it's still been a good week. There's been a lot of star Wars. I've been reading a lot or listening a lot. I should say, um, I did get around finally to reading the star Wars, uh, return of the Jedi infinities, um, comics. It's a four, four part, uh, comic series. And it's essentially like a, a what if for any of you guys who haven't read it before. It's kind of like uh, Star Wars's version of Marvel's what if show, uh, but in comic form. And essentially it kind of it kind of shows like what if the thermal detonator did go off in Jabba's palace? And what if, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way to what if Luke and Leia end up on the Death Star confronting Vader? And they actually turn him back to the light. And all of this, all of me me reading all of this, all stemmed from picking up uh, an all-white Black Series Vader figure for Christmas. That was one of my mm-hmm. Christmas gifts. And I was really excited to pick it up because I thought, oh, this is really cool. It's kind of unique. I haven't seen something like this before. I definitely have to find out the backstory behind it. And the comics were were very well written. Um I very much enjoyed them so much so that I want to check out the other Infinities um, uh, series, the different comics that they've released under the Infinities line, um, just to kind of see how those storylines kind of unfold a little bit. Because I think they did them for all three original trilogy movies, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But I'll have to go back and confirm that. Um, but anyway, super excited. That was That was fun. And then I finished my from a certain point of view i actually think i finished that uh before last week's recording but i did we didn't get around to talking about it finished that fantastic book um all three of them were fantastic for a lot of reasons um i found that i really enjoy books that are written as short stories compiled into one um because especially when i'm working throughout the day 
I don't feel like I'm leaving off in the middle of a big arc. I, I can kind of get through a story or two in between my appointments, which has been pretty neat. Um, but from a point, from a certain point of view, fantastic books. I highly recommend them. I, I absolutely hope that they end up doing it with the prequels and the sequels um, because it did add a lot. Some of it was just pure comical nonsense that didn't really have anything to do with the main storyline. And then some of it kind of did tie in with some back, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Um, but Return of the Jedi was, at, I thought A New Hope was going to be my favorite of the three. But after finishing Return of the Jedi, like I got halfway through it and I thought, yeah, this one's probably going to end up taking the cake. And then I finished it and oh my gosh, fantastic book. Um, all three of them get five out of five stars for me. Just absolutely worth reading. Wow. My favorite. Yeah, they, they, this is some of the best Star Wars writing, in my opinion. Um, what, what about it set it apart from the other two? Because I know some of the authors overlap, but not all of them do, right? Yeah, yeah. So the biggest thing with Return of the Jedi is you were able to get so much like pull from so much more content because of when it was released um you know the other two were released before some of these disney plus shows had come out and so where they the other two may be lacking return of the jedi is able to pull Mm. from some of that and i think return of the jedi does a very good job of kind of breaching all of the gaps between the prequels clone wars rebels the the other two original trilogy uh movies stuff like that like they do a fantastic job there are characters in it that I never would have expected were still alive um, at the time of Return of the Jedi, and sure enough, they are. And I think I even texted you guys about one. I won't tell the listeners because I don't want to ruin it for them. I want them to go read it. Um, but it, it w- I think it was able to pull from a lot more. Um, I got a lot more Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon in it, which I really like. I really love having... Um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, and then Obi-Wan and Anakin a little bit to an extent. Um, there's this beautiful scene at the end where Force Ghost, like Darth Vader has just died. He's he's turned to the good side. Um, he's redeemed himself to an extent. He's dead. He's Force. He, he's one with the Force. And there's this back and forth dialogue between Vader and Kenobi. And oh, if it's not just a tearjerker, it was, it just, it pulls on the heartstrings and it's Kenobi picking up this position of being his brother and mentor and, and friend and father figure and all these things that he was to Anakin. Um, you know, he gets that chance to, to be that again. And there, there's a lot of healing and mending there. Um, and it was just, it, it some powerful writing in Return of the Jedi. Um, so that, that to me is what sets it apart from the other two. Uh, but highly, highly recommend those books. Those will definitely be purchased and put on my physical bookshelf at some point. Uh, Lords of the Sith, however, on the other hand, uh, not so much. Um, not because I don't like the Sith. I actually, I very much enjoyed um, getting some of the back and forth and kind of working together. This was one of the few instances where we actually see Palpatine and Vader going out together and essentially going on this mission that they weren't, they weren't really going on a mission or seeking action, but how events unfold on Ryloth, they end up having to fight off and, 
you know, getting to display their power and stuff like that. And it, it was really cool in that regard. Um, the book has no connection to canon anymore, thanks to, to my knowledge, the only thing that conflicts with it is the Bad Batch. But it conflict, conflicts with it enough that it basically makes the whole book mute. It, it, it no longer mm-hmm. exists. It's a decent no spoilers, book. though. That's on my, it's on my reading list. I'm not. Le- I'm leaving it there because I still think it was okay. a decent book. I would. I would give it three, three and a half stars out of five, probably, because it's still a okay. good book. But if we hadn't had Bad Batch, it might have been higher on my list in terms of scoring for importance and you know uh, enjoyability. But it's hard <laughs> after watching Bad Batch and then going back and reading this and going, well, that doesn't matter, and that doesn't actually have, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And Kevin, when you do read it, you'll see exactly what points I'm talking about in the book, and you'll be like, yeah, yeah. all right, I get it. Still a good book. I still think it's worth reading if you like just reading what's out there. If you're looking for just what's canonical, the book's irrelevant. Yeah. Well, I'm still very interested in reading it because I remember it was kind of similar when we talked about um, – Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader. Right. I loved that book. I fl- it was probably the quickest that I've read a book. And you didn't love it as much. But, I mean, I definitely... I mean, there are some similarities, too. Like, there are some things that are very clearly contradicting of what is currently canon in that right. book. Um, so, some of the things that you're saying remind me of that other one. So, I, I still think it might be something that I really, really enjoy. Maybe more than, than you have. Probably. And um, to your, you know, to your credit with the Dark Lord, um, I forget what the actual title of the book is. The writing in it was very good. The The author did a very good job of painting pictures and emotions and, you know, the writing of it itself was good. It's just the storyline um, didn't really, there was a lot of things in it that just it didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't exist. If you're looking at just from a a canonical point of view. Um, Yeah. I mean, I still have yet to find any part of any books that I, the star Wars book that is better than the section in that book when he's talking about the suit and like breaking down each part of the suit. Right. And um, you know, basically like I can, I can move around and, and run but it's not running, you know, and that's, that's kind of how that it's like poetic. Absolutely. I still haven't found anything better than that. Um, and then now uh, I have been working on, I want to make sure I get the title right for this. It's uh, stories of Jedi and Sith. Um, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but essentially it's similar to, from a certain point of view um, in terms of there are like eight or 10 sh- something short stories written um about and i'm only partway through it i'm like halfway through so i've only covered like some clone wars prequel era jedi and sith so far um but holy cow from what i've read so far or listened to it's been fantastic um it's 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 probably going to be another five out of five or four and a half out of five depending on how the rest of the book goes um but so far i'd put a five out of five on it it's been fantastic. What did, what did you end up rating the Luke Skywalker one that um, RFB sent us? Uh, the book as a whole, I would probably put it as like a 3.5, maybe 4 out of 5. No, not 4. 3.5 out of 5. 
Um, if I if I just took the one story, the first one that he was talking about, that one's definitely like a four four and a half somewhere around there. Um, yeah, because that was a it was hilarious. I mean, I sat there the whole time. Yeah, and I, I'm sitting there thinking, man, if I were in his shoes listening to this story, I'd be egging it on as well. Like I'd be sitting there going, oh that that's a funny. I like this retelling. You know, like I liked it that. was great. That's um, what legends are. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the the one other story that was in there just really sunk it for me. <laughs> stupid. It was so so, so stupid. It, it made and me. I, I think, Alex. I think you haven't read it, so I, I we won't spoil it. But... No, I I kind of want you guys to spoil it, but no, maybe no. it's so bad I, I have so to read it. Stupid. I'm not I'm not spoiling it because I need him to experience it. If we had to deal with the yeah. pain, Ugh. he needs to deal with the pain. I will let you log into my <laughs> Audible and listen to it. Yeah, it's not worth well, buying. It, Definitely. Well, no, the book was worth buying. Like all, I liked the other stories. I don't know if I'd say it was worth buying. If someone gifted it to me, yeah, it'd be worth it. I don't know that I got my I liked value it. for the money. Well, I got it for free, so. Well, I did not. <laughs> I used my uh, free trial. Uh, Alex, to answer your question, that is not – so you're talking you're, – Alex wasn't sure which book I was talking about, and he sent me the Clone Wars stories of light and dark, um, which I actually – I do have in audible book form. The first mm-hmm. book in it, the first story in it is essentially the first episode of Clone Wars. So I'm not sure if all of it is just individual episodes in – from Clone Wars put into book format um, or if they have additional stories in there that are different from, but so far it's been almost word for word what we got in the first episode of Clone Wars. So I have not worked through that yet just because that's kind of on the back burner. Cause I've already read Clone Wars or seen Clone Wars. Um, I wouldn't want that either. Right. Now for someone like you, who hasn't <laughs> here's a screenplay, uh, <laughs> the episode, yeah. someone like you who hasn't seen as much of the animation, that may not be a bad option to listen to. Um, I still recommend right. the animation over it because I think the animation does a fantastic job, uh, especially in later seasons. But if you haven't watched Clone Wars or don't have access to it, this, this isn't a bad way to get some stories from Clone Wars, but the tales of Jedi and Sith, are completely separate. Like they, they relate to some of the mm. things that are happening and some of the characters and what they're going through at the time kind of relate to different mm. episode arcs or different points in movies, but they're completely new stories in, in a, in, in a sense. Um, so definitely recommend it so far, but that's enough about what I've been reading. I know that was a long s- segment about like all of my, endeavors recently what about you guys what have you guys been into lately i haven't read anything since the last time we talked that's okay everyone needs to take a break here and there i just haven't had time um on on the reading front um i've done a little bit of you know star wars behind the scenes reading i'm actually looking at my bookshelf um it's a book called star wars um stormtroopers and it's all i mean as you can probably imagine it's just about stormtroopers but um just the history of the everything from the design of the character from con- concept to screen 
um, to the contextual design, all that type of stuff. Um, but I've been flipping through that. That's pretty interesting. Um, I've been flipping through the art of slash making of books for The Force yeah. Awakens and Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty cool. Those are always a good, good uh, um, investment of time. Um, and some comics. That's why I've just been reading. It's a lot of reading. Did you guys ever, when you were in elementary school, I know this is going way back for Alex, not too long ago for me and Kev. Um, Rude. Mr. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mister 33 over there. Um, did you guys ever, like, when you went to your school's libraries, did you ever go and pick out the, do you remember the giant, like, Star Wars encyclopedia books where it was like, um, for like each episode of the movie. So they'd have like a Phantom Menace one. They'd have like a an Attack of the Clones one. And then you'd open it and it's all these pictures and details about some of the characters, whether it be mainstream characters or behind the scenes characters like Ara Singh uh, for Phantom Menace. They would go through like some of the pod racers and, um, you know, some of the different blasters and lightsabers and starfighters, you know, that kind of thing. Did you guys ever check those out when you were a kid? Um... I have this, which it's kind of. Oh, is that the complete encyclopedia? About. The ultimate visual guide. Well, it doesn't include sequels. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, here, this is. It's like that. You flip through, and Alex, is this what you were just talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have the same thing. I haven't looked at it like too much, but. Um... Oh, look! Look who it opened. I opened up to. <laughs> Dengar. Hey, hey, hey. Our good old <laughs> pal Dengar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it's so funny. I did not expect to find something about the clone troopers in that book, but I very randomly opened to a page about um both the two D clones and then the TCW clones. Um so I was pretty impressed. I, I thought cool. that book is pretty comprehensive so far. It's cool that the that forward is by John Boyega. Yeah, 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 um, and I'll actually have to shoot you guys a couple screenshots. But the author Adam Bray, I believe, on the cover of that book, mm-hmm. um, he and I actually exchanged a couple uh, uh, DMs back and forth over Twitter. Oh, cool! Um, the copy of the yeah, the copy of the book I have from him is signed. It's pretty cool. That's um, awesome. So sh- yeah, shout out to him. Well, what I was going to say is I used to like. Alex, you talking about some of these behind the scenes books that you're you're reading and that just made me think of when I was a kid and this spanned all the way from first grade, basically from the first time I could check out a book all the way till, you know, seventh grade when I was at a new school. I I would go to that library and anytime one of those Star Wars books were available, I would check them out with whatever other book I needed, you know, for whatever my reading assignment was, whatever. I'd get the book I needed, but then I would always, always, always pick up one of those encyclopedia books specifically to try and take home over the weekend and just flip through it. I didn't read so much as look at the pictures, but I did read sometimes Mm -hmm. and and that was always a fun thing. And, you know, looking back, I kind of wish I had collected some of those and I've started getting back into collecting some of the behind the scenes and encyclopedia style like I found a really cool giant Han Solo one um, at Ollie's a little a while back, and then also uh, one for Rogue One. Um, so I picked that up as well because uh, that's one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all time. But 
yeah, just hearing you talking about some of these behind the scenes books or, you know, just extra, they're not really story books. They're, you know, details or, you know, information about filming or the artwork that goes into, you know, visualizing what they're going to be doing, stuff like that. Um, that started fascinating me a lot more as an adult now than it did as a kid. So, um, definitely need to get some recommendations from you once you're done with some of your books. I want to hear what you recommend reading and not reading, uh, at some point. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. You mentioned the, like the elementary school library, because I have a very similar memory and I was actually just trying to look it up on my phone, but so we had these Star Wars magazines in the library, my elementary school. I think they had this rule where you couldn't take out more than one magazine, or if you took out a magazine, you had to take out a book as well, as if it was some like anti-magazine pro book thing. Right. Um but I remember the Star Wars magazines, they must have been like from like the whole 90s, maybe even earlier, but they were the most checked out magazines in the entire magazine room. And I, I'll have to try and find like who was publishing them back then, but maybe that's what started my interest in the behind the scenes stuff. And But it was definitely the same thing of like flipping through for the pictures and whatnot at first, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, let's move into tonight's main topic of discussion, and that is going to be the infamous Boba Fett. Um, Before I get into Boba Fett a little bit, um, I want to ask you guys a question of the night, or a question of the day. Who is your favorite Mandalorian, and why? Kevin, I'll start with you. Um... Do foundlings count? Yeah, it's it's easily Din Djarin, who okay. I guess isn't a foundling anymore, but he was. Right. Um, easily, without without question, before the Mandalorian show, I never ever understood why the Star Wars fandom was so obsessed with Mandalore, Mandalorian culture. Now, mind you, I really wasn't as familiar with the Clone Wars at that time. Um, so I understand it a little bit better now, having watched the show. But it was it was almost, honestly a little bit like Boba Fett, where I was like, "Why are you guys obsessed with this? There's like nothing about it." Um, and Din Jaren really changed that. He's he's one of my favorite characters. I'm rewatching The Mandalorian now, and it's just reinforcing it so easily. That, that's easy, an easy answer for me. Dope, Alex. What about you? Um, easy answer for me as well, but a different response. Mine's Django Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ride or die Mandalorian for me. I got, I got Django right here. There you go. Nice. And why is Django your your go to? Um, you know. This is back in those early Star Wars days, back in like the Clone Wars, like multimedia project days where they were covering everything with the the books, the comics, the video games Mm -hmm. all at once. But they really did a lot with Django. Um, They had the Bounty Hunter game where you played just as Django Fett. Um, So, you know, that was I'll have to go back, but I think that might have been one of the first Star Wars games besides (laughs) the Dark Forces ones where you got to play like as a character. 
Um, you guys are kind of like live as a Star Wars character for a little bit versus, you know, just not piloting like an X-Wing or flying any one of the other ships. Um, so it was a lot of like the, a lot of the additional stuff beyond just the movies um, made me fall for the character for sure. Yep. So I was going to say, I've got a toss up. I've got a serious answer and a funny answer. Uh, <clears throat> Django Fett, not Django Fett. Um, Django Fett <laughs> is my serious answer. Um, I love Boba. And Boba obviously is the only reason we have Mandalorians currently. But Django Fett was my generation's Boba Fett. Um, except that he got a little bit more action and time in Attack of the Clones than Boba did in either of his movies. Um, so that part's pretty cool. Uh, we really get to see Slave One in action, which is his ship. Um, and like you were saying, I-, I grew up on that Bounty Hunter game. That game was, outside of Battlefront, that was the only other game that I had ever played that was any kind of, hey, I'm roaming around as a character exploring different areas, hunting down bounties, breaking out of prison, stealing my ship. It, it's his origin story as to, you know, how he got his ship, how he got recruited uh, to be the template for the clones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really cool because at the time, I had not gotten a lot into the Star Wars comics. And so when you unlock certain missions or, you know, if you unlock certain bonuses in each mission or each, um, yeah, chapter you would get pieces of the comics, the Dark Horse comics, and you could go and read those and look at the pictures and the artwork and all that. And that was really cool to me um, because I just, I didn't have any of the Star Wars comics growing up. Um, so that was, to me, that was a really cool part of it. Now my, my not ser- serious, but kind of serious answer is uh, of course, Corky Kreez. And the only reason I'm picking, this is for anyone who doesn't remember, this is Satine's nephew, who only showed up in like two episodes of The Clone Wars. There is a theory out there that Corky is not actually Satine's nephew, but rather Satine's son that she had with Obi-Wan. And, you know, there's speculative at best evidence out there to kind of support the the theory and i'm all about theories darth jar jar is a thing that one's not even a theory that one's been proven but you know this is a theory that still has some loose ends um but corky crease is is definitely one of my favorite mandalorians um so if i see him wielding a lightsaber at some point in in tales of the jedi moving forward i'm, I'm gonna be thrilled um, I think that would be a fantastic move, Dave. If you're listening, that's what I want, um, and more Gunchy, but that's a that's a separate issue. So moving on into Boba Fett, Alex, you've got some discussion questions, points that you want to cover. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about the book of Boba Fett. There is an interview that came out recently with Tim Tamora Morrison. Did I say that correctly? It is Tamora Morrison, right? You hit it right out of the park. Good. That was much better than last week. Um, I'm still working on uh, pronouncing names correctly. But uh, Alex, tell us a little bit about this interview that you sent us uh, with Tim. 
Yeah. So, you know, one of the great things about Tim is that he's very chatty, to be blunt. Um, he doesn't seem to deny a lot of interview requests. And I mean that in a positive way. He he gets out there, whether it's interviews, convention appearances, and he might not be in a lot of like super mainstream Hollywood projects, but he's a busy guy, um, you know, working back home mm-hmm. or working over here in the States. Uh, so it looked like he had, you know, been asked to do an interview. And in this interview, they hit upon um, the Boba Fett show. And they eventually got to the point of, you know, where are we with season two? And I think, unfortunately, you know, for the big time Boba Fett fans, um, you know, Temp doesn't have a conclusive answer. I would say in his ambiguity is kind of uh, the clarity that there's not going to be a season two. You know, I think if it's, you know, January 2024 now, and this interview was from, you know, the, I think the beginning of last month. Um, but if they didn't know at the end of 2023 where they stood with this show, it's not likely to be coming out, what, before anything else on their slate, um, which would put it years out. So, um, you know, I guess let's start off with that. I mean, what are your thoughts on the interview insofar as the likelihood of um, season two not happening? If at all, not soon. Kev, you want to take that? Sure. Um, I mean, I have some speculation on it, and I want to make it clear that it's speculation. I don't want to. I don't want to come off like I think I know. I know this, but I really do feel like season one just wasn't what John wanted it to be. I really, really do think that he had some of his story stripped from him because of the decision made at the end of season two of Mando um, to basically make Grogu not in every episode. Right. Um, And so I don't think the final product was what he wanted. And I think that a lot of fans feel the same way. I don't think that that show is received super well. I think a lot of people liked it. You know, it was cool, but how many people do you know that have rewatched it or are interested in rewatching it? Well, y'all know me. Um, what? How many times have you re- you rewatched it? Three. Um, that's great. I mean, I liked it a lot. I, I plan to rewatch it very soon. Um, and maybe I should save this for after, but I do have an opinion on why I liked the direction they took Boba Fett because it was different than what a lot of people expected. Right. But I think it was a good choice. But I'll save that. Well, Wait, what's your answer? I I don't think we're going to get a season two, but I'm not necessarily upset with that. I think Book of Boba Fett, my personal opinion on, on it, is lo- looking at it, I think it was, I, I think there were some hit and misses with it. I still think overall, he's a badass character. I think... People liked seeing him in action, especially doing things like riding a Rancor. Like, that's badass. You know, that's not something Jabba could have done. Um, so I think he, he fits as the daimyo. Um, I liked the backstory of him kind of working his way not only out of the Sarlacc pit, but then, you know, being stripped of his armor and being found by the, the Tuscan Raiders. And I liked getting some more of the Tuscan. That's one thing I've really enjoyed about things like uh, The Mandalorian Season 2 and Book of Boba Fett is we're getting a little bit more about these Tusken Raiders and kind of getting to see some of their story and culture and, you know, who are these people that 
that are able to survive the the harshes of these deserts. Um, you know, when we get them in A New Hope, it's essentially, ah, uh, they're local, you know, raiders that, you know, they see someone and they're like, oh, we can take what they have. And that's about it. That's all we get from them. Um, and obviously in Attack of the Clones, essentially we get, hey, they stole, you know, or they kidnapped Shmi and, you know, have her tied up and Anakin slaughters them. And that's it. And, you know, that we don't really get much about their culture or who they are. It's just, hey, these are bad guys. These are antagonists for the sake of needing an antagonist in this point of the story. And not that that's not a bad, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think it was good that we got to see in both Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett some more about these natives who who thrive, not just live, but thrive in the wilds of, of Tatooine. Uh, we got to see, you know, a crate dragon in the Mandalorian, which was cool. We got to see, and the only reason I mentioned Mandalorian is because Cobb Vanth had Boba's armor while he was with the Tuscan tribe. Um, he had not, or he may have left the Tuscan tribe in search of his armor at some point. Um, but we know Cobb Vanth had the armor while Boba was looking for it. Um, but you know, we get to, we just get to see a lot more Tuscan. Um, Tuscan Raider uh, culture, which I really enjoyed. Um, so I, I loved that aspect of it. I thought I thought Boba was a great character. I thought him coming out, we got to see more personality. And the cool thing is, we don't get a lot of personality or character in the original trilogy movies, or even really in Attack of the Clones with Kid Boba. Um, Kid Boba doesn't even know who he is yet. Um, so you know, they were able to kind of write some stuff in for him for the Clone Wars, which was. Fun. I thought it was kind of, you know, it was a little goofy, silly, kiddish. You know, he's he's a leader of this little bounty hunter gang. Super, super fun. Definitely kid oriented. Um, but here we get to see this this man, and we get to know more about him. And I think they had that freedom because of the so what so little we had gotten in the original trilogy. Obviously, in the EU books and the comics, we got a lot more of Boba. Um, but I, as a whole, I really liked the show. I don't think we'll get a season two. I don't think they need a season two. I thought season one was done pretty well. Um, Boba Fett is not one of my, you know, top three favorite characters. He's definitely, I would say, probably one of my top 15 favorite characters. Um, and that is saying something because there are like a million and a half characters in Star Wars. So he's still up there. But I think we got enough of Bo- of Boba in Book of Boba Fett in terms of having his own show. Um, I don't think this is the last we see of live-action Boba Fett. I think we're still going to get him in bits and pieces here and there um, in different live-action projects. It's just how much of him we see or get, that's all up in the air. But I, I definitely don't think Tim is done with that role. I think he's still got a lot of Boba left to play. It's just finding the right places for him to appear if he's going to show up in these other shows. But yeah, no season two book of Boba. Same with Kenobi. Would be cool. Would be cool to see him recruited for the um, Mando movie. Absolutely, and I, I think that might be something because I know he had had another interview that he had talked about um, back before the strikes, if I remember correctly, where he said he was stopping in at Lucasfilm. 
to kind of talk about, hey, where where is my character? Like, what is what's up with the character? Like, is anything happening? Did they let him in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't he pissed about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, he was knocking on the door, <laughs> but <Yeah>. did it, did, <laughs> it was Dave, John, and Kathleen were out for the office for the day. <laughs> I don't think. I, I really don't think they're done. I think it would be stupid to be done. It's like killing off a character. That still has an actor that can play it, you know? It seems, yeah, but they might be burning that bridge. It seems like they're really not communicating with him. I think, and here, it's, here's it's what irritating. I think right now. I think they have their three movies and their, like, five or six shows that they want to plan out. Those are the things that they for sure know, hey, we're doing this. We need to. We need to pick it up. For the first time ever, and it, I know Star Wars is kind of separate from Disney, but kind of related. This past year, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Universal Studios has a higher grossing that they, they beat Disney Studios for animated films. So Disney's been taking some hits lately, and I think part of that is Star Wars. Now, obviously, that's just talking about animated films between two studios, which is really unrelated but when you look at the whole picture you've got to look at okay they really need to tighten in the reins and we see things like uh marvel movies being pulled from release and now they're kind of reevaluating that they've you know had to push back some of these star wars shows and after announcing tons over the last you know three or four years they've scrapped over half of them so i think they're in this phase of okay we know we need to keep putting more out but we need to be very selective about what we're putting out and we need to make quality sure over quality. Exactly. I think that's where they're realizing, Hey, we screwed up. We went at this too hard up front. Now we need to really reel it in and figure out what, what is the goal? I think 2024 is going to be uh, more of a planning year for Lucasfilm than anything else. That that's what I think. Um, that's, that's just me. But I, I definitely don't think he's done playing the, the character of Boba Fett. I think he's anxious to get in the suit again, and you know he's trying to push for more, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think Lucasfilm, if they're smart, um, I think they will start moving that direction. But it's just a matter of when, in my opinion, when, not if. We might need to change. We might need to change the subject because I just keep thinking of. Not... <laughs> that one got you. I'm telling you. Uh, I, I think of. Um... <laughs> it's like The Office when Dwight's trying to get. Um, Robert California to promote him, so he shows up at the office and they they stonewall him. Alex is Alex is gone. He's gone. <laughs> He's done. We have to cut this. <laughs> Did you look at the text I just sent? No, I haven't yet. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now. That's great. <laughs> when all right, here. Well, let me. We'll get. We'll get back on track. We'll. We'll. There's was. We're at the 39 minute mark. We'll cut <laughs> about five minutes. Um, well, here's. Here's what I have to say about Boba. 
what's interesting is, you know, we just spent five minutes talking about this character that we all seem to like a lot. We all kind of got into different reasons why we like him. And I would say probably not any of our top five and dare I say top 10 reason is this show. I almost think maybe that should be a challenge for ourselves. Like is before next episode or before we have a chance, like talk tomorrow, like what our, our individual top five reasons for liking this character. And does the show factor in, um, you know, pre-show via text, we were kind of talking about the character in this podcast episode a little bit. And, you know, I'll tell you, like I'm holding up my Django Fett open seasons, like one through four collection, um, I got my Dark Empire one. This was like a five issue uh, run from the late nineties, I think. You know, when I think about Boba Fett, I don't think about the show. I mean, what are the things that you two guys think about? And Wade, why don't you start first this time? But like when you think of Boba Fett, where did your fandom start? Gosh. So my <clears throat> fandom for Boba Fett probably started more with Django Fett. Like, knowing that Boba's armor is Jango's armor kind of got me more into seeing Boba Fett. Because I didn't read a lot of the books or comics as a kid um, that would have had him in it. So it's kind of one of those, again, generational things where you have grown up with a little bit more of that EU being kind of more front and center for you. Versus, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, what was front and center was the prequels. So Kid Boba was primarily my Boba. Um, that's the most we got out of Boba Fett. Um, and, you know, you didn't get... I To be honest with you, as a kid, I didn't really understand the, the fandom behind Boba Fett because when you watch the original trilogy, he's not in a lot of scenes, and he really doesn't do a lot. I mean, he essentially follows the Millennium Falcon. He gets you know, carbonite pawn onto a ship. And then he gets, you know, well, I think a blaster or something to the back of his jetpack in return of the Jedi and goes flying off and falls into the pit. And it's like, uh, it's kind of more goofy than it is like, Oh, this is a serious bounty hunter. So as a kid, I didn't really see him as versus when you look at his dad in Attack of the Clones, he's taking on one of the best Jedi of all time, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, you know, in one-on-one combat and holding his own, you know, stuff like that. That was so Django is really my start of, whoa, these Mandalorians are really, really cool characters. And then from there, I got a little bit more into some of the comics and some of the, the books and kind of seeing okay, they added to this character. This character is actually kind of a cool character, but most of what I've enjoyed about him is outside of the movies altogether. Um, And so the show for me is actually one of those solidifying factors saying, hey, no, this is a legitimately cool character. You know, his appearance when he shows up in Mandalorian uh, season two and just starts kicking stormtroopers' butts left and right, Mm -hmm. like, that's badass. That's a cool character. That's what I would expect from someone who is the son of Jango Fett. And so, you know, that the the his appearance in Mandalorian and then the book of Boba Fett both really solidified for me that this character is a really solid character. That's just from my perspective generationally. Um but 
that that's kind of it for me. Now I did uh, recently, I watched the documentary on uh, Disney plus the under the helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett. That's a really fascinating documentary documentary. Excuse me. If you guys have Disney plus, I know you two, I believe do, but to any of our listeners, if you guys have it, go watch it. Cause there's a lot of interesting behind the scenes about, um, how this character kind of became a cult favorite and then ended up leading up to things like having his own show, you know, stuff like that. Um, I really find interesting, but it's a fantastic documentary and it kind of goes through like the prototypes of his armor and kind of how they ended up going from all white armor, kind of like the stormtroopers, to, uh, coloring it and then giving him kind of a little bit more of a prominent role. Uh, versus just being a background character like Dengar or Bosk. You know, he's he's a little bit more than those guys. He's a step above. <coughs> and another good source for that, from a certain point of view, the books include some more Boba Fett-related stuff, um, specifically Empire. So definitely worth reading if you are a Boba Fett fan and you want to get a little bit more of him. Just... You know, it's just like one or two short stories in it, but very much worth reading. But yeah, my fandom really started after my fandom of Django. Django was it for me. That was my generation's Boba Fett. And from there, you know, I kind of followed the Fett line and said, okay, well, I got to go enjoy Junior because Senior was awesome. So that's that's it for me. I really like what you said, Wade, because I think it really does paint it well um, that Django Fett was our generation's Boba Fett. Because I, I, my opinion about Boba Fett is the only reason why he's relevant today is because the holiday special. <laughs> I think that oh. the merch and you know the, the figure that came out from that there was so much mystery around it for fans that he just instantly became a lot of OG's favorite character because he looked really cool. There wasn't a lot about him, so they could really use their imagination. And right. um, so I think that we owe that character and the success to the holiday special. Amen. Let's give holiday special some praise here. <laughs> I totally love what you just said. Everything about what you said was right on the money. You know, to add on for that, um, you know, I think it's interesting that Boba Fett was a character whose mystery was maintained up until the 2000s. So you really think about it from 1980 till about, you know, Attack of the Clones in 02, you know, it was a character who the evolution never really erased the mystery. Right. Um, you know, so I was thinking about that, like why why other fans may be especially drawn to him. You know, it's a character that we can sort of insert ourselves into. Um, you know, a question I had for you guys that you both already answered was, um, you know, how far back do your memories stretch in so far as like, was Boba always a clone? You know, like for me, I was a Star Wars fan at a time where Boba wasn't the clone of Jango Fett. Right. He was, you know, Jango Fett didn't exist. So I think that's a pretty cool, like, dividing line um, for some fans. Um, well, so let me ask you guys this question then. You know, when Boba Fett, when the book of Boba Fett was announced, actually, you know, were you guys excited for it? Or are you kind of like, meh? 
Uh, I was but, super excited about yeah, it. Yeah, like everything that they've announced, I've been excited for. Like anything, it, it, especially when they do like uh, a pre-existing character that they're going to expound upon and we're going to get more of with an actor we like, you know, an actor we've already had play different roles in Star Wars. I, I was thrilled to hear. And I, I, I personally don't think the Book of Boba Fett really... Uh, disappointed me in any significant way. The Vespas were a little much, and I think a lot of people agree on that. But outside of that, I really enjoyed everything, literally everything else about the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, I think people need to chill out about that because they—it's—it's it's an art form. Like they have to—they have to push forward, and sometimes that means they're going to do things that aren't—they don't land. Um. But yeah, I was super excited about it, and I agree that it landed at least for me because I, I hinted at it in the beginning. I'm glad that they didn't make Boba Fett this, you know, stone cold bounty hunter killer because yeah. we got that. That was Jango Fett. Like we, we, I. It would have been cool. Like I would have been okay with it, but I like that he was a little bit different because yeah. we got that already. Like we, we've seen that in action. We Boba saw got, some he's got like a, a little bit of a moral compass. Yeah, we saw somebody that looks like him, sounds like him, is an exact replica, or he's an exact replica of, like you said, Wade, go toe to toe with Obi Wan. We saw right. that. Let's let's see something different. And by the way, we still did get the Stone Cold Boba Fett. We literally watched him in Slave One mow down a bunch. I think it was the Pikes. Mm-hmm. Like one by one, he took them all out. That I don't. I what more do you want? You know what I mean? Like I that was. I can hear badass. the theme playing in my head right now as you describe that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that I think that it's another case of fans. Andy who, blows up the Sarlacc pit <laughs> with a with a uh, what is it? Seismic charge. Seismic charge. Yeah, I, I wanted to say Sonic Imploder. A, a seismic charge. Um, <laughs> I'm writing that down. Yeah, Kevin's addition to the <laughs> Star Wars weaponry. <laughs> it's another situation of, of Star Wars fans who go into something with expectations, and then they get pissed off when it isn't what they thought it was going to be. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he he was still a badass, still a super awesome character, but he was he was different you know, than what we've gotten before. And I like that. I very much like that. You know, a thought I just had, I'm curious, you know, what your guys' feedback is. You know, is this show one in which it features like stupidly high highs, but amazingly low lows at the same time? Because I I think back to like, wait, like you mentioned it in the span of like 60 seconds, you get Boba riding a Rancor in one episode and you get the Vespa thing, which I could care less about, but I know for a lot of people, they decide to, you know, die on that hill. Right. Um, but, you know, again, that those are two different moments on that exist on the spectrum. Um, I think they're at opposite ends of it. So I, that's a, it's a weird thing. I'm not sure any other show for Star Wars thus far has done things as crazy as the, the Mando episode in Book of Boba Fett or the fact that Boba rides a Rancor but also features things that are kind of like, you know, you know, like really just slow, slow moments. I don't know. I just want to point out, I hope Boba 
rubbed it in Din's face a little bit. Because I still, I, when I saw Boba ride the Rancor, I immediately thought back to Din struggling with the Blurg. And it just <laughs> killed me. It killed me because it's like, here you've got a Mandalorian struggling and complaining about trying to ride this little thing. And then you got Boba out here riding a Rancor. That's that's a pretty big difference. It's going to be yeah, even better I think when we might have the to... Yeah, what a great point. I completely forgot that there's that whole plot point from season three of Mando. Yeah, Din will have the last laugh. He will. I, I Well, I don't think Din's going to ride the Mythosaur. I think Grogu is. Because Grogu's the one that has a very good track record. Of... Plot twist. Plot twist. The, the Mando movie is going to end with Ezra riding the Mythosaur. I don't like that. Nope, because he's the he's the animal guy. He can he does well with creatures. Not about it. Grogu does I'm too. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Riding the Mythosaur, holding yeah. Sabine's hand. It, it's it's gonna be good. <laughs> with the it's, lightsaber it's held high. Well, Recreating the original poster. Anyway, <clears throat> all of that to say, we like um, Bobo's fantastic. He's a great character. Um, I, I would like to see more of him. And I think we could all, I mean, I think we're all kind of game for more is more when it comes to Star Wars, but specifically more of Boba would be fantastic. I don't think we need a season two, but I think getting more of the character would be wonderful. Without Kathleen Kennedy Um, intervention. Yes. You know, I don't know what this says about me, but... I think it was towards the end of Mando season three when we kind of had a hint that there was going to be like some type of character showing up. Maybe it was like when Bo-Katan or Axe Wolves was like hinting at something or it was around the time that we were wondering like who's the spy, is the armorer involved or in something. Um, but because we hadn't seen Boba, because there was no Boba mentioned through most of season three, it, you know, how crazy was I for thinking that he was going to come in riding the Rancor at some point to save the day? I totally really cool. thought he was going to be. I really thought Boba was going to ride the Rancor in Mando season three. That would be cool. That would definitely be awesome. Now, I want to make you one know? last note about Book of Boba Fett. That is the only show that I I woke up to watch the finale as soon as it dropped. Mm. Interesting. Not me. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sitting here saying it was my favorite show that they've done, but I really enjoyed it enough to do that. Yeah. Well, it was, like I said, I think it was very good. I don't think it's necessarily what people expected, but I think the change between EU Boba and Book of Boba Fett Boba is much more minimal in comparison to, you know, like EU Luke and Last Jedi Luke, you know? So the, the amount of complaining about Boba, I... I just didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I didn't think it made much sense. Um, I think you gave the guy a little bit more of a moral compass, and he's not quite a good guy, but not really. A, he's definitely not a bad guy. You know? It would be one thing if the people criticizing it were the OGs that were like, look, you weren't there in the 90s. This character was so cool. There was so much cool stories about him. It's not. It's the Star Wars bros yeah. that are following you-know-who. I'm not going to mention his name like I feel like I do every week. That just have to be contrarian. Yep. I agree. 
definitely agree with that. Well, guys, let's hear what you like about Bo- Book of Boba Fett. Did you enjoy the show? Uh, is it one of your favorites? Is it one of your least favorites? How come? What is your what What are your feelings towards the character of Boba Fett? Are you a huge fan? Are you a mediocre fan? Um, to wrap things up, I actually asked my wife before coming into this because her favorite character in Star Wars is Boba Fett. And I asked her, why is Boba Fett your favorite character? I mean, to the point where we've gotten her, I got her a collectible backpack with Boba Fett's helmet on it. Mm. She's got a Boba Fett baseball jersey. Like, she's got some <coughs> really cool Boba Fett stuff. And I said, what? What? And this is also part of the reason I go to sleep with the Boba Fett helmet on. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> you know, I asked her, I said, why is Boba Fett your favorite character? And she said, honestly, he was, he, he didn't whine or complain. She was like, he didn't say much. He didn't complain too much. Um, He he was just there. He looked cool. He was respected, and that was it. That's all she had to say about him. And so that was that was enough. I thought, oh, that's that's not a bad answer. Um, And since then, she and I actually sat down recently. Now, I don't know if we can continue this because of the new year's resolution which i started today Mm. um but we had started book of boba fett together uh before the new year and um i will leave it up to you guys and the listeners as to whether we can continue book of boba fett as a couple as that being our couple show while i'm finishing my you know my resolution or if you guys are going to say nope you've got to find another show until you get to that canonically um, but look, man, you made a commitment. I did. I did. And I, that's why I'm saying I'm leaving it up to you guys. I'm not, I'm not asking for my sake, but you Cop have to, and you have to understand in our, in our marriage, this is the first time she's actually asked to sit down and watch star Wars with me. Just so admit you made a bad resolution. This is, we'll this is you turning out, out to be a very, very bad resolution because of, yeah. because of this that happened. Um, yeah, we'll we'll send you the approved list of what you can start with, and then we'll go from there. I, I would like yes. I would like to start a poll and let people vote on it. <laughs> that would be nice. We don't even have to go to all that trouble. We can if you want, but wait, just admit it, and we'll be like, all right, fine, <laughs> bad resolution, and then we'll make fun of you a little bit, but you'll be out of it. Well, when Wade's starting that. season. Season three of the Clone Wars in November. I think we'll Here's realize thing. it was a mistake. Season three. Here's the thing. I'm still I'm still going to do the resolution, <laughs> but I did want to get permission to continue this with my wife through the six episodes, and then you know I'm not touching anything else. So that's you don't that's need permission. The Boba Fett helmet. Yeah, you don't need permission, Wade. You're a grown man. You could do it and not tell us. <laughs> We'll ask the strangers on Twitter. Anyway, all that to say, Boba Fett's a cool character. Tim, we love you. We'd love to have you on the show for an interview at some point. That'd be cool if you're if you're listening or if someone who <laughs> listens knows you personally and sends this to you. That'd be awesome. Uh, but we think Boba is a fantastic character. We'd love a season two, but we'd just, in general, like to see more Boba Fett. Um, as always, guys, you can hit us up on on Twitter on Instagram, Reddit, shoot us an email, let us know how we're doing, leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcasts. We love seeing those reviews come in. Um, 
And if you guys have anything that you want us to cover, you want us to talk about, could be Hybrid Republic, could be Old Republic, could be Sequel Trilogy, could be anything in between, let us know and we will cover it. As always, may the Force be with you and remember, this is the way.